Blog Talk Radio.
family and nurturing and gathering and home and domesticity and cooking and partying and hanging out with other people and friends and family and that's very much of a cancerian energy so the fact that we have this uh, cancer full moon at this time of the year protection nurturing family and domestic life and that it also is the ruler of the moon of the moon rules cancer and um, that it gets its longest show on the stage, so to speak. Um, tonight, the moon will have the you know, longest amount of time it possibly can to shine its light on us, as opposed to, say, the full moon in the summer, which is the shortest, because the nights are much shorter. Um, very interesting. And uh, the Capricorn... Uh, cancer axis is about uh, home life and the way in which we carry our um, our home life out into the outer world. So it's about private and public, the way in which we build a home and the way in which that home then is, is able to propel us out into society to have a job, to have a career, to have a public life. So that's the axis that we're working with tonight. And interestingly, there's a T-square uh, with the planet Uranus. So Uranus is at four degrees Aries. Uh, the sun is actually pretty much conjunct Pluto. And uh, Uranus is square the sun and square the moon. So the energy tonight and tomorrow could be a little tense. It could be a little tense between work responsibilities, domestic responsibilities, and the needs that we have as individuals. Uh, we might find that there's a um, a, a certain kind of, of pull for us to want to do something for ourselves or something on our own, and yet maybe family or work is um, pulling us in a different direction or making us feel like we should be. And depending upon which side of that T-square you're on um, can depend upon the tension that you feel. Maybe you feel drawn to family and domestic responsibility and then someone else might seem selfish or like they're um, preoccupied with themselves. If you're on the side of that there's something that you have to do for yourself, then uh, you might feel like family or work responsibilities are a burden. So there's a, there's a conflict in the cardinal signs between the, the needs that we have at a really integral level, our personal relationship or our marriage, um, and our personal identity, what we need for ourselves, uh, what we need to do at home for our home life, and what we need to do for our career, which is basically for society at large. There's going to be a tension there globally for all of us individually, and then um, also obviously for nation states. We talk about the way in which the Global Energy Minute affects countries or all people. It's a similar kind of thing, you know, like um, the, do we have an individual independent role? Do we have countries that we feel responsible for? Are there countries that we feel we work for? Are there countries that work for us? Um, and there are times when those tensions can arise um, basically between um, countries, not only individuals. And there's, there's just a tension there right now. It doesn't last too long because the moon and the sun will obviously move along fairly quickly, and by Monday it's a completely uh, different alignment. But pretty much for 
today and tomorrow and Saturday, we're going to be right in the midst of um, this T-square with Uranus and Pluto. could activate... Um, some, I would say, independent social rebellion like we've been seeing, you know, like uh, some of the uprisings in the Middle East or <clears throat> even in our own country. And um, I think probably it's also affecting in a, in a not positive way the the economic negotiations that are going on in Washington where you have some people that are saying we need to be concerned with the, the needs of all, you know, that's the Cancerian side of it. And then others who are like, no, we need to be concerned about the individual, which is the Uranian side of it. And that conflict is that, you know, the individual, the strongly independent person, Aries doesn't feel comfortable being drawn into any kind of Cancerian dependency, um, but the idea that we need to care for and nurture each other is obviously a function of the global energy. Uh, you know, by and large, there's a there is the sign Cancer, and sometimes there's a focus that needs to be placed on that, caring for and nurturing and domestic life. This full moon tonight is going to really strongly activate that. So we're going to have a, a strong push independently within our own homes or our own home lives, as well as in countries and governments, to be looking at the needs of the citizens and how government cares for them. Um, Mercury and Venus are both in Sagittarius, which is kind of good, I think, because um, that brings a philosophical kind of higher truth to, to the discussion, a loving higher truth. Mars has moved into Aquarius in the last week, and uh, that's also quite nice because that's an, a, a high-minded humanitarian kind of energy. So we do have a real strong backup of um, some very benevolent and high-minded energies, um, Sagittarius and Gemini being really well-aspected to each other. So Mercury, Venus, and Mars are adding good, positive, philosophical, high-minded truth and benevolence and humanitarianism to the whole discussion. That's quite nice. Jupiter is in Gemini still in retrograde. Hopefully that adds some kind of levity or at least some kind of uh, intellect. Uh, Saturn and Scorpio, I see this as a positive right now. Uh, there are times when I think it's making harder aspects in, in the global energy, but right now it's fitting in quite nicely. Um, I know that in another, say, week or so, Mars will be square to Saturn, which isn't necessarily going to be so good. But for right now, um, Saturn is placed in a, in a positive place. It's trine to the moon, sextile to the sun, sextile to Pluto, trine to Neptune. It, its energy is really adding, I think, a layer of stability to intimacy and negotiations. Again, that's personal and... Uh, more global so that if there are people we want to have talk with or need to have a talk with hopefully we can bring that high-minded humanitarian and then Saturnian stability in Scorpio there's intimacy as a part of that uh, Uranus is now direct and so it's going to be heading very quickly back into a square with Pluto which we can expect after the new year Neptune's going to be going into the first degree of Pisces on New Year's Day uh, or right around uh, the 
New Year's Eve, so that's very, very exciting, also very positive. We're looking forward for Neptune to move a little more deeply into Pisces. And um, Pluto is going to be moving direct all the way up into the 11th, close to the 12th degree of Capricorn. It's been in in Capricorn for quite a number of years now, um, and uh, it's roughly a third of the way through. So if it takes about... Uh, 12 to 14 years it's been in Capricorn for four or five years now and uh, it has been um, really there's been a lot of pushback against I guess um, government government control corporations corporate you know we're seeing the people become more empowered and we will in this next five-year chunk as Pluto goes through the degrees 10 to 20 Capricorn, that's the middle of it, and we're going to have an even stronger push um, against, you know, I would say paternalistic control, Capricorn rules, paternity. But by and large, it's a happy, beautiful full moon night, um, and um, it is the, uh, the, the full moon in the axis of uh, private and public life. So um, examine your home and what needs to be nurtured there so that you can go out from there and do a uh, finer job for the people in your life who need you. And that's your Global Energy Minute. I'm Dr. Craig Martin, and this is Inside Connection Radio. Um, Tonight's conversation is really going to be about um, global cycles, and I know that that we're, we're going through them uh, independently it's like there seems to be a lot of change and people are very concerned about about those changes that are that are going on uh, globally you know and th- when when planets change signs like Uranus did in the last couple of years Pluto did in the last couple of years and Neptune did that's a time when there's an overall shift in um, the energy that we came from a very, um, you know, a time when there was some breakdown in hierarchical religious structure. Pluto was in Sagittarius for a while. It definitely revealed some of the things going on in um, institutionalized religion. And um, Neptune was in Aquarius, so social media really became extremely um, uh, powerful because Neptune provided us with a, um, I want to say kind of like an illusion of friendship, an illusion of community, because if you spend any time, um, you know, with social media, it's very... You know, it's amorphous, it's very thin, it's got a Neptunian veil on it. And even though uh, many people, I guess there's even new addictions, which is Neptune and Aquarius. So Neptune added a layer to the way in which we communicate in our communities. Uh, Now that it's moved into Pisces, though, it's going to push back to... um, I think a layer of selflessness and service. Now, it's not just obviously negative things. Neptune in um, in Aquarius did bring about the idea that um, social community creates social change, that creates movement. When when something becomes very, um, I guess, viral on one of the social media sites. It even brings the attention of the media to it. So the media being ruled by Neptune is swayed by the collective conscious. conscious. 
And so to the extent that social media is a representation of the collective conscious, what's on all our minds and what we actually are all thinking about, it can direct an even greater global focus onto collective conscious issues. That's a positive thing. The more negative things of that are that Neptune and Aquarius did create a certain kind of addiction to um, or illusion surrounding community and who a community of friends might actually be. And um, Uranus was in Pisces and now it's in Aries. So now there's been this kind of like kind of vague feeling of how do we have to be compassionate? There's a lot of disasters, it seems. Everything from the tsunami and I think it was like 06 which opened us up a little bit to global giving and then Haiti and then Katrina and, you know, one after another, it seems like we're getting hit with um, the big earthquake in Japan and the tsunami there. One after another, it seems like we're getting hit with um, like global attention to compassion and giving, even things, uh, unfortunate, horrible things like Newtown, Connecticut, um, uh, just before Christmas, direct our attention to the compassionate needs of others and pull us in in an emotional way that make us feel like this is a change that we need to be involved in or these are changes that you know we want to help with. That's been a big part of the positive side of Pisces and Uranus and Pisces and Neptune and Pisces. I think Neptune and Pisces, as we move forward, could create some escapism. I think at certain points, some of these heavier things, these emotional burdens, create a way where we want to get away from it. And we say, like, okay, I've had enough of these disasters. I've had enough of all this. I want to tune out. Um, and Neptune and Pisces could bring about a little bit of that distancing ourselves, isolating ourselves from some of this emotional pain. Um, some people might think that that's a positive thing. Um, but, um, but again, the, the real positive thing has to do with the global empathy and the global um, positivity that we have towards that. The, the reason that I'm talking about these changes in general is that these large outer planets changing sign in the last, say, four or five years, including the economic downturn, has been heralded by these outer planet changes. They had been in signs for a long, a long time. Uranus even stays in one sign for uh, seven years, and Neptune and Pluto, it could be as long as 14 years or longer. And for all of them, within a short period of time, to all be at very low numbers where they are right now, they're all in very low, they're all the, generally the first 10 degrees of their new sign. So they haven't really been there that long, say four or five years at the most. And when you think back at the real economic collapse, which happened in 06, that's six years ago. And that roughly coincides with Pluto going into Capricorn and and then shortly after that with Uranus going into Aries. And so some of the big changes that we've seen coming globally, economically, politically, um, some of the, uh, the tensions that we have going on have to do with us adapting to that new energy. What is it that we need to transform 
that's the plutonic side of it, and the, the transformation that we need to do has to do with patriarchal power. Um, that needs to be addressed and assessed, and we saw that in the United States election, how patriarchal power in our own government is really not speaking for a broad segment of the population because their views are narrow. They're the views of, you know, one group of men, and they don't really take into account the, the needs of women or the elderly or whatever. It's a very narrow view, the patriarchal view. And so that needs to be transformed. And the Neptunian uh, thing has to do with the transcendence. This is the way we overcome our own um, sort of selfishness. You know, all of it is about overcoming our own individual selfishness. But the, um, the Neptunian part of this is going to be a transcendent through compassion and empathy, a real concern for others and an ability to take care of each other as we move forward globally. And the Iranian aspect is more about the individual, but not from an ego-based place, just the individual's right to express themselves as an individual instead of having to be a part of herd mentality, which is the way in which we're sort of geared by corporations, which again are a part of Pluto and Capricorn and the patriarchal power that's trying to basically um, govern us. So the individual Uranus in Aries is standing up and saying, what if I don't want to just be a consumer? What if I don't want to just participate in this way of banking, this way of living, this way of grocery shopping? What if I want a more sustainable, organized, barter-based, non-commercial way of living? the sort of overstructure right now doesn't allow for that and yet it seems that there are a lot of people globally that are looking for different ways of living based on their own view of how it can be done. I mean, the creative intelligence, God, has obviously a myriad number of ways that human beings could be living on this planet. We don't have to be living here in the way we do. We don't have to have the structures that we have and um, periodically, historically, we've gone through times of change in order to sort of re-rectify, reboot up the way in which we're doing things because if it's not sustainable, if it's not something that's uh, forwarding our own good or our own truth, then, you know, we need to change those methods. So, talking about the outer planets and how they um, they cyclically are affecting us and how the big outer ones actually have changed sign. Even Saturn has just recently changed sign. It does that every two years, but at least for right now and going into 2013, which is going to be quite a big year, um, significant changes in 2013, um, powerful global changes, um, especially with Saturn and Scorpio. And Saturn has just gone into Scorpio in October. So we even have Saturn only really doing the first 10 degrees of a brand new sign because it's going to retrograde at 11 degrees in February. So uh, the four outer planets, the four major outer planets, are all uh, in a new place of uh, change and um, the, the, that is creating some of the global tension and global dynamics that we're going through. Looking at 
these planets on a more personal level and what I kind of call passages, passages of time, I just want to break them down briefly individually. Um, anyone's welcome to call in if you want to get, you want to get a little mini reading tonight. I shortened up the show tonight just because, um, and I put it at 45 minutes instead of an hour. I just wanted to say because last week I wasn't, um, you know, uh, I didn't do a show. I made that choice kind of at the last minute because of um, a little family issue. So shout out to my parents. I hope they're both feeling better tonight. But same thing as I went in to do the show tonight, I considered and I was like, no, maybe just shorten it up a few minutes. I hope that that's okay with everybody. I like being able to do the full hour tonight. I felt like if I shorten it up, I'd be more excited about doing it. And um, in fact, I can feel that in my, you know, just just the feeling of bringing it in a little from, from the hour makes me feel like, yeah, I can definitely do the 45. So anyway, thanks for putting up with that. Um, my uh, my time based issue on Blog Talk Radio. Um, the uh, so anyone's welcome to call in. Anyone who wants to call in, I'll be able to get to the switchboard um, in just a minute. And um, so um, Pluto, Pluto. Most of us will only ever get a chance to do a Pluto square, meaning right around in our forties or close to fifty. There are things we will absolutely have to let go of. Um, for people who had um, who had Pluto in Libra, it could be about um, Pluto in Leo. It could be about positions of leadership or positions of authority. These people born in the 50s. For Pluto in Virgo, it could be about service or health. Um, but those changes have happened to most of those people born in the 60s because they already are 40 and turning 50. So most of them are involved in or already past their Pluto square um, because Pluto's already in Capricorn. And for people who have Pluto in Libra, that's going to be those people are having that right now because Pluto's in Capricorn, so they're having a Pluto square, and it can be invo- it can be about relationships that have that have broken up or are breaking up because of what it is we need to let go of to transform into a better way. Most people don't get to even have the Pluto opposition. It happens somewhere between 90 and 100. Um, it's again another layer of letting go, but it's a much more so not complicated, but it's really more about letting go of attachments to everything, a physical plane and all of that as we get to be 90 and 100 years old. Neptune, kind of the same thing. The Neptune square, though, is about at 40 years old, 40 to 45, is about giving up illusions, things that we thought that we might have done in our lives, but then we realize we're not going to get a chance to do them. So we give that up. We we clear out the illusions. Most people also don't do a Neptune square. A Neptune opposition also happens in the late 80s, 90. Uh, probably more people get a chance to do that than the Pluto opposition. I know I'm running through all this information really fast. Um, the... Um, 
Neptune opposition, though, for those of us who are lucky enough to do that, um, is really about seeing things in that more mystical way, realizing that we are more about an energetic body. If people who get to be in their late 80s really come to terms with um, physicality of life, you know, they're not as concerned about it. But yes, they want to have, you know, a, a bed to rest their head and a little soup to have, but they're not concerned about their jewelry, what car they're driving and all of that because those things become unimportant and we really truly begin to realize that we're energetic beings and that that whatever we did with our lives is all we're going to really take with us meaning what we did who we helped what we did who we loved who we served um and the memories that we have from that so um the uh, moving in from there, the Uranian cycle is very interesting, but I'm going to take a caller and then I'm going to come back and talk about Uranus and Saturn and Jupiter. Um, let me see who's on the line. You're on the Inside Connection. It's Dr. Craig. Hi, um, my name is Marcel. Hi, Marcel. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. Are you friends with Pat? I am friends with Pat. Awesome. Exactly. Love Pat. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, let me get a piece of clean piece of paper here and uh, open up the astrology software. <clears throat> so um, you're going to tell me the first initial of your last name, which is N. N. So Marcel. Um, what's your birthday? It is September 21st, 1960. So, 09-21-1960, do you know your birth time? Yes, 8.34 p.m. And your birth town? Whittier, California. Got it. Awesome. Do you know anything about your chart? Um, a little bit. Okay. I'm not an astrologer, so... <laughs> You're not an astrologer. No, so not okay, a lot. Okay, good. That's fine. Um, well, you are a Virgo. Um, know that. Yeah, you are a Virgo, 29th degree of Virgo, and very Libra, um, because you have three uh, of the major planets, the Moon, Mercury, and Venus in Libra. So, you know, you're very, um, you know, relationship-oriented. It's something that, you know, they're fair-minded. So because the Sun in your chart is almost in Libra, within 24 hours by 8.30 on September 22nd, 1960, the Sun would have been in Libra. So within 24 hours, the Sun was going into Libra quite early that year on the 22nd, but, um, you know, that's probably because 1960 was a leap year, and that pushes the the, the, the alignment around a little bit, mm-hmm. and so um, 1960 was a year when the sun went into Libra on the 22nd, um, instead of like the 23rd or 24th, which is usually more like the equinox day. Anyway, Mm -hmm. just a little side note on the way astrology shifts around. Having your sun at 29 degrees Virgo, you are in fact a Virgo, but but putting all these other planets in Libra, the pull for you to be a Libra is very strong, and yet you choose to be born when you put all those planets in the house of Virgo. (laughs) 
so you're very service oriented. You know, it's like a very um your chart is very helpful, service oriented. How can you, you know, assist people, efficiency? You might find that you get bogged down in too many details, that you're too preoccupied with perfectionistic behavior, um, that, you know, you're hard on yourself, that you're not decisive enough because um, you're afraid of making a mistake or not making the right choice, so you don't make a choice to begin with. You have Taurus rising, and that can be um, also um, very good on the one hand because it grounds you. Like, you're a very grounded person. You have uh, really the ability that when you do make a choice, um, you're you're right there with the, ch- with the choice and making it happen. You're not somebody who's just, say, fooled with a lot of ideas and then not making any of not grounding any of them. So you have a really strong capacity to actually ground, to show up with some tangible results. That's Are you good. married? I am married. Uh-huh. Um, and um, is it good? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes, sometimes. No. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> no, I mean, just because um, Saturn is just going into your seventh house, which brings the focus in your life onto your marriage. And um, the, it's positively aspected to Pluto in your chart, which is the ruler of your house of marriage. So that's good. But on the other hand, you can probably expect, I would say, a fairly um, pointed, focused, Two years of renegotiating, bringing, clearing out in your marriage what's really not working, and um, and bringing into it something new in the way of, of discussions or you know just intimacy. Because I see intimacy as a big Scorpio thing because it's about truth and and secrets. You know, Scorpio rules both of those mm-hmm. things. So revealing. Uh, being able to open up about what it is that we're hiding from hiding from someone else, like what we're thinking about, what's going on, the way to renegotiate a relationship is very scorpionic. And that's the ruler of your house of marriage. And mm-hmm. you have Neptune right on the cusp of that house. I kind of almost put it as a seventh house Neptune. It's like, eh, you know, if there's some things going on in your marriage that you feel like you need to clear the air about, you should do that now. And you have a good, you have a good, time to do that between now and March, April. Otherwise, when it moves forward again, when Saturn moves forward again and then it's going to square Uranus and it's going to make a couple of harder aspects in your chart, it will be more difficult to have those conversations. Hmm. How's that? Okay, that seems interesting. Um, Yeah. And also, right now... Yeah, I guess I guess um I guess you are going to have Pluto conjuncting your Saturn also in the winter. So, are you working? I do work. Yeah, is there a big change going on there? You know what? It's interesting because my marriage and my career are two big areas that I'm dealing with right now. Yeah, which is a lot for you all at once, but that's the yes, way it's it got to go because not only do you have Saturn in your 7th which is, again, a focus on the marriage to clear out what's not working. That's what I recommend in that department, okay? Mm-hmm. Like, if I think if you open up, have some intimate conversations, you might see a shift. Saturn in the 7th doesn't mean that a marriage has to end. 
not you know not a, not by any stroke it just means that it needs attention and um you know you need to uh, you know like clear out what's not working it, it's like it's as if it's as if there's stagnation and saturn goes in and like pushes away to try and make something fresh again you know mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. but the pluto 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 on your saturn is a more difficult uh, aspect in your career specifically because structure like saturn rules structure and you have saturn and capricorn do you work in education i do i'm a teacher Okay, I, the only reason I say that is because you have Saturn in the ninth house, and the ninth house rules higher education, and it's the ruler of your career, and also because you have Jupiter and Sag. So there's some elements of, you know, like of teaching or something like something involving education, and also your Mars in Cancer is in the third house, which to me is very much about like communicating with children or you know this this energy of okay so you're a very mm-hmm. service oriented person do you have do you think of anybody at work as like a partner like a business partner do you think of any people at work as like like having business partnerships within not, within not business wise i have some friends at work that i feel very close to friends at work but not 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 in regards to business, but who knows? Yeah, no, it's interesting. It's just because, like, the way in which you serve is by developing these sort of relationships with people. It's like you're you're so relationship oriented that it would be difficult for you to not get involved with people, colleagues, and maybe even your students in a kind of Libra relationship, which means a compromising give and take equal equal opportunity relationship where there's so much there's so much uh, your venus is your ruler venus is the ruler of your chart and you have venus in libra so um it's it's hard and it, and it's in the 6th house so for me looking at your chart it's it it says service through um uh, compromise and negotiating and diplomacy like mm. you really you're really a mediator in in all aspects of the way in which you help people. That's interesting. Does it make sense? Uh maybe. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Um I just feel like there have to be there have to be relationships at work that are very partnership oriented. Um, if it's not that, then it's like you have relationships with healthcare providers or, you know, because the sixth house is about you maintaining your own life. It's not only just about the work you do, because that's a part of the maintenance, mm-hmm. but it's also about the way in which you maintain your own life. And having a lot of planets in the sixth could mean you're very involved with your own health. Um, it could be like having a personal trainer and a therapist and a dentist and a doctor and, you know, like different people that you feel in um, in a relationship with uh, that help you with your own routine. Mm-hmm. So there's that facet of it also. Um, something about work, though, just so that we can get this out, something about work is going to change. Okay. Pluto is going to conjunct Saturn and Capricorn and 
I don't know that it's going to be that you're going to change jobs or that you're, you know, going to leave this job, but something about, you know, like, okay, a job is a part of the structure that we come to see in our lives as stable, and that part is going to get changed, altered. So if you already sense that, if you already know that there's going to be a change there, you should go with it as strongly as possible because you can't really resist Pluto's Pluto, Plutonic energy. It becomes, everything becomes more difficult if you don't um, recognize what needs to be changed and change it. That's different mm-hmm. than your marriage. Your marriage is about conversations that are designed to clear out parts of the relationship that no longer serve the two of you so the relationship can become new again. But in the job, it's really about like overhauling and turning it into something new because the old thing you've been doing, whatever it is, teaching, mm-hmm. that's not going to be the same. By, by one year from now. It won't be the same. It won't be the same job. It won't be this, in the same school or it won't be in the same way um, because something something plutonic is going to change that, meaning um, it's going to have to go from one form to another. It can't remain the same. I would pretty much agree with that. <laughs> okay, so your your job in that is seeing that and then making the plan so that you just go with the flow. There's there's very little way to resist it, even though it represents structure, this thing that you've come to depend upon or rely on that is no longer going to be the way that it's been. So the Saturnian part of our chart is a place where we don't want to let go. We don't want to let go of you know, what we've built up. We built yeah, up this structure. You. We built up this structure around us and yet the reason that we do have to let go of these things that we've built up that create security is that they no longer serve us. <laughs> they no longer serve us in some way. So you know, we're not just subjected to the energy of the universe for our, for our suffering. That's not the point of it. The point is to be able to say, okay, I can see where that's the truth. That's no longer serving me. So therefore, the shift then will have to be this because the 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 Pluto energy will bring you into a new situation that's also a part of a new structure. There'll be a new structure. It will serve you better. Okay. And that's what's hard to see. That's what's hard to see when we're being asked to let go of something. But I have to let go of something before the new thing can happen. Sweetheart, you do. <laughs> okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, finances could be okay because Jupiter's in your second house. Jupiter's going to conjunct your Mars in the early summer. So it all could actually turn out to be financially more lucrative for you as well. So that's more kind of good news to hang on to. You're going to have a Jupiter opposition in the second house and your natal Jupiter's in the eighth, which I think is more about money. So, you know, we'll just see how that plays out for you. But I would say financially, you don't need to be worried right now. This isn't going to be about you becoming, you know, financially unstable. That's not what this transit's about. That's good to know. Because that's, that's why when, when fights change. <laughs> yeah. In a career, right? Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. that's pretty much your, you know, your mini reading. 
Okay, well, I really appreciate that. It's very yeah, insightful. no, I'm really glad that you, you know, you called in and and um, and uh, and and you know, good luck making the transition. Thank you very you know, much. Yeah, it's great. Okay, thank you. Okay, happy New Year. Thanks. Same to you. Bye bye. It's always good to have somebody call in, somebody new that I haven't spoken to. Um, like I had said, I'm only going to be doing a 45-minute show tonight, so I'm not going to be able to get to any more callers on the switchboard tonight, but I will be on next week. I'm going to do a New Year's show. We're going to talk about the energies that are, um, you know, coming up for the new year. I'll read the new year chart uh, for everybody. So that will be the chart, Washington, D.C., at midnight on 1-1-2013. So we'll read that chart because that's the global chart of our country. So we'll look at what the um, the possibilities are there. And, um, yeah, Happy New Year to everybody. I think I'm going to play a little Gnarls Barkley. And this is Dr. Craig Martin. I'll see you next Thursday on the Inside Connection. Thanks for being here. Happy New Year. <laughs>